Hey, welcome to Church Alive. Our mission is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the message. Had a flight cancellation, but that didn't stop him. He took a rental and drove himself here seven hours to be with us. So can we honor him as he makes his way to the stage? Can we stand to your feet? Pastor Steve Kennedy, all the way from Virginia Beach. Thank you, sir, for being with us. Love you, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's clear the stage of all those good-looking people. They're embarrassing me. All right. When Bennett, Bennett came to pick me up this morning, he said, buff and huge, I want to stay home. I can't believe he hasn't got it, like seven wives. Fantastic. Excellent. So young lady on the front row here would be interested. All right. I think you've got a choice. Fantastic. I want to know, stand up if you have more than five grandchildren. If you have more than five grandchildren in this room. Okay, so I've got the most grandchildren of everybody here. That's magnificent. Uh, my name is Steve. Uh, my wife's name is Susie. Susie uh, Magno was here with me. Do you like that? I've been practicing all through the break. Um, your name. It's a great name. Thank you. Magno. Magno. Is that right? Did I say it right? Yeah, Magno. Fantastic. And uh, uh, my wife was with me, went home two weeks ago. We have been married 40 years, 40. Yeah, that's why she went home. She had it up. People ask her, how, do you, how does your marriage survive with Steve traveling all the time? She said, it's perfect when he's gone. I, I tell everyone I've got four children. She says she has five. She said, my oldest son's 58. He travels a lot. But I'm also, by the way, the other reason I came here was to visit my... Fernando, I didn't tell you, I'm here visiting my mother-in-law, which is fantastic. She lives in Brisbane but looks better from here. <laughs> I, I better go. I better, keep, I better just preach. I want to talk... Um, now, now, I want to talk to you if you don't normally go to church... Um, for just a moment. Um, I want you to know I do not know who you are. Um, no one has given me a note that um, you are here. So um, I'm hoping that you feel like you're being spoken to personally today. Um, in fact, I, sometimes I say this, and, I, and not just to be cute, but I'd like everyone to go home except you. Why don't just you and I have a talk today? And uh, we'll preach next week. And um, Pastor Anthony, I've never met Pastor Anthony, um, but I, obviously I don't need to, to know he's a, obviously a magnificent fellow. And uh, Miriam, his wife, must be, of course, the better 90% um, for sure. <laughs> and you feel free to tell him that. Um, just to tell Pastor Anthony that I said that Miriam could have done better. And uh, <laughs> no doubt about it. A man will never, ever get offended if he thinks he's married above himself. No man gets offended with that. And so that's fantastic. But, um, um, but so here's what I want to tell you if you don't normally go to church. Just two things. Number one, uh, I go to the movies with my wife. I have three daughters and um, three granddaughters. I have seven sisters. So I am the king of the rom-com. All right. I can quote the sound of music to you. So when I go to a movie with my wife, I want to know just one thing. When does it end? 
And so if you're not normally in church, there is a clock on the back wall. It's set for four hours, 16 minutes, and then we'll be going home. And uh, um, Caitlin's on the front row. She's going to give me a wave. I was okay in the first service. I, I've counted it down to green. I just, I just making sure. And so there's a clock on the back wall. If you're ever not sure, just turn around and have a look, and then we'll know you're visiting. So don't do that. That'd be uncool. But set it now on your on your iWatch and it's all cool. And um, if everyone sets it and it all goes off together, I will know it's time to stop. And, uh, and so that's the first thing I want you to know. The second thing I want you to know is this here, uh, Magno, see this? You call this a device. I call it a phone. I ring people on it. All right, but here's the deal. Um, even saying that is stupid to anyone. Under, they don't ring. They honk. They sound like motorbikes. They do marimba, you know. Uh, they play our favourite football song. So ringing is something they did in the last century. The other thing we used to do in the last century, we used to hang up. You don't hang up anymore. You still use the term, but you actually probably have never hung up a phone if you're under 25. You just push the button. And so what I'm telling you is I bought this to phone my friends. Apparently... It plays music. Now, how cool is that? I don't know that yet, but apparently it does a lot more. Here's the thing, though. If you're not normally in church, I didn't let what I didn't know stop me from getting connected. I just thought it's better to be connected. Let the learning start from there. And so I know people, I meet people, and they're going to get, you know, they're going to get on with God when they know more. Seriously, till you get a network, till you're connected, you're not, it's, it's just, it's nothing. So don't worry about what you don't know or what you did, you know, whether you lost your contract with the last device, you know, just get connected to God. Is that cool? And let the learning start from there. So is it okay, Magno, Fernando, is it okay for the end of service that um, before I hand back, I'll just, can I pray for people? Uh, maybe you're here, you, you, you don't normally come to church. And uh, can I get people to shut their eyes? Um, if you normally come to church, you, you understand that. But it's that bit's actually not spiritual. That's just to give privacy. And so I'll ask you if you'd like to be connected to God, I might ask you to raise your hand. If I see it, I'll say, put it down. It's only so I can acknowledge you. And, um, and so I can say, yeah, saw you. And then I'll know who I'm going to pray for. When I was in grade three at school, I liked a girl. But I didn't know what to say. So I got someone who knew her better than me to talk to her on my behalf. So today, all right, I'm going to talk to God on your behalf. All right. But um, after that, I talked to her on my own. And you'll be able to, you feel free to talk to God. Um, that'll be fine. Is that cool? So we'll do that at the end, then I'll, I'll give back to Magno. Time's ticking away. So now can I talk to the church for a moment? One last thing, if you're not normally in church. I want to talk to the church now for a bit. Sometimes people say the church, you know, we don't understand what they say. I don't understand what I say when I come to your computer conference. But I do respect I'm in your environment. So I'm going to try to talk so we all understand it. But if I do say something a little bit funky, you know, like sometimes Christians do, uh, cut us some slack. We are in church. That's how we talk here. <laughs> That's cool. Um, now, I understand Pastor Anthony is Australian. Uh, we have not met. Um, so I am going to take it that the accent, although raspy, brash and horrible, is understandable to most of you. So we'll go, or I can speak English if you like. 
Uh, and uh, now I want to talk to you. Um, I've been married 40 years. If I hadn't been married that long, I wouldn't even go here because um, someone told me once, till you've raised a child to 20, you've got no advice to give. Now that I have... <laughs> Patty's got a child over 20, so she's nodding, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, by the way, mine are all married, four of them, 36, 33, 30, and 25, all married, all gone, <laughs> best decision I ever made. <laughs> if I'd have known how good it was, I'd have had them married off as underaged because <laughs> I was, if, look, if you've still got children at home, Train them now to be independent by 12 and you, <laughs> I ride a Harley, my wife drives a BMW, we own our home, life is good without the kids. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I've got some of them, you know, all of them, but my, I have a son, 25, he doesn't have children, the others all have kids and um, I love the grandkids coming over. It's fantastic. They ring up and say, can we come over and bring the grandkids? So you can bring the grandkids but you guys can't stay. Drop them off, pick them up when they're 20, but as long as you go home, all good. And uh, so, um, but here's the deal about marriage. They say marriage falls down, and, and we will know this. Um, marriage has challenges on two principal areas. Finance, um, people argue about finance, and, um, and communication. You know, um, she's from Venus, I'm from Mars, or, you know, whatever. And, um, you know... Well, I want to talk about that because I want to talk to you about prayer. And um, I, I'm almost scared to introduce it so formally because it's really just communication. In fact, what I find Christians have a problem with, Marco, is talking to God. And um, did I say, oh, see, sorry. Hey, everybody together, Marco. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm sorry. It's Magno, Magno, Marco, Marco, Marco. You look like Bruce Springsteen for crying out loud with the shirt. <laughs> Bit of July the 4th going on there. Brilliant. But, um, so, uh, but also Christians, I find, have a trouble with finance. That's not today's subject. <laughs> All right. But uh, you've got to trust God with your finance and talk to God. So here's the deal. I have a son. He's, he's 25 now. But when under 12, I used to tell him to do things. I'd say, sit down, Andy. And he'd just sit down. It was like, how good am I? You know, fetch a stick. <laughs> so if you've got little kids, you're like their hero. They just, you know, they just do what you want. You know, give dad a kiss. But when they get to 12, I don't know what happens to them. But you say, sit down, Andy. Why? <laughs> it's like something happens. I, and it's a shock, is it? Because I told you to. Why? Because I'm your father. Why? I married your mother. Why? Good question. <laughs> so when when an audience like this, you can't just have a preacher up here telling you what you got to do. Forget that. What I'm going to try to do today is show you what might happen if you did. And um, so if we can have a look at the... So I'm not going to tell you you got to pray. You've heard that message. But if I could just share with you what would happen if you did... That might be different. Now, we've got to move along here, but we're going to take the lesson from Jesus actually praying. That, to me, presents a problem for this reason. I grew up in an era where we used to wear bands, and give me a wave if you remember the WWJD, all right? The, the, this 
we used to wear this band and it said WWJD, what would Jesus do? So we would to be reminded that when we're in a traffic rage incident, we'd go to, and then we would see the band and what would Jesus do? We'd change fingers one way and just tell people how beautiful they were. And so this was fantastic. I found it very difficult because for me, the WWJD was a bit like wearing it at tennis with the what would Roger Federer do? The trouble with me with tennis is that I was acutely aware I was not Roger Federer. And so it didn't matter if I knew what he would do, I couldn't do it because I was not him. So if we're to teach a lesson about what would Jesus do or, or how he communicates, well, then that's difficult. You're not even listening because, mate, he's God. He's got a shortcut. So I need to explain this. I am Steve, but I manifest in different roles. And, um, and I'm not trying to be funky here, but I've been married 40 years, so it's fair to say I am 100% a husband. Am I a half a husband? No, I'm 100% a husband. I've been married 40 years. I have four children, all adults with children of their own. So I am obviously 100% a father. No problem with that. All right, I'm not a half a father and half a husband. But there are times in my world where I manifest, um, if you like, as a husband. I'll give you an example. 30 years married, I booked a cruise to the Caribbean with my wife. Listen to me, did I take my children? Children? Who's got children? <laughs> I packed a leopard skin Speedo. Sorry for the mental picture. <laughs> Just going to let that subside from your mind. I did not call them for six days. I did not care if Martians took them back to their planet. <laughs> Didn't care because for six days, I'm a dancing and romancing. I'm the man. Is that cool? All right. Now let's go, let's go two weeks before the trip to the Caribbean. I'm at the soccer on a Saturday morning with my son. And yes, I'm that father at the soccer. You know the one? Get out! He didn't do that! That's me at the soccer. And so the ladies are in the stands and some of them say, who is that bloke? My wife says, I think he's number 10's father. She never says, that's my husband. <laughs> no, I'm not her. Are you with me? I'm still Steve. But I am showing a total side of me. Now, that's important so that we catch this. Jesus, help me, was he God? 100% theologically, and that's not our lesson to unpack that. But he was God. Was he a man? The word, John 1 says, became flesh and dwelt amongst us. He was us. He was the God he wasn't half and half like a merman. He was God. He was man. So there are times in the scriptures where he shows us himself as God. One such time is Matthew 9. He's on, on a mountain with three of his disciples and, um, and he is what the Bible says is transfigured and he, the whole glory of heaven turns up on him. Heaven speaks and says, this is my son. Listen to him. 
as God reveals, this is God's son. There's another part, place in the Bible that we'll look at today, Matthew 26, where Jesus shows us his 100% humanity. Now, I've said all that to say this. We're going to learn how to communicate with heaven from this show of Jesus. Is that okay? The Jesus that has challenges just like you've got challenges. And I want to show you, the, the aim of this lesson is not to tell you you have to pray, but to show you what might happen if you did. So let's read. Now, the feature of our reading today is um, a, a little different because the story we're going to read is in, in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And there are four because if this was the subject of the gospel, Jesus, then my the view from here is different to the view from here, different to the view from here. There's a lot of peripherals that change that color the story. And so Matthew offers his, Mark his. Um, I was speaking to a new Christian, a detective became a Christian in my church last year. Never, ever been to church before in his life. And I said to him, look, there's four Gospels, Brad, and, um, you know, it's not four different stories, just four accounts of the same story. He said, oh, you mean like well, when I interview people for a crime? I said, exactly like that. <laughs> and so um, what we're going to do today is we're going to read the one story, but we're going to take a bit from Matthew, a bit from Mark, a bit from, and let it continue. Sound all right? Well, we'll give it a go. I've never done it before. Let's see how it works. All right, it starts in Matthew. Our lesson is what will happen if we pray. Uh, Matthew 26, 36. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. To pray. There's our subject. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James, and he takes three friends um, to help him in this task or support him. Now, let's, let's give it to Mark now, chapter 14, verse 33. He took Peter, James, and John, we just learned about that in Matthew, and he became, look at this, here's an important line, he became deeply troubled and distressed. Note, are we talking about God here or are we talking about Jesus the man? So you're catching this. That's important to note. See, I don't serve a God who gets troubled and distressed. God's never been confused about your destiny. So the lesson we're learning today is from Jesus displayed as a man. All right, so that's important. Um, he became deeply troubled, distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here. Keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed, if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba! Father, now that word Abba is a Greek word that simply to help you, it's just an informal, it's like, it's not, oh, Father, it's Dad. Okay, that's simply what that means. So Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Now we're going to hand the, the relay baton to Luke to continue. So uh, the next line in the story we pick up in Luke is verse 43 of chapter 22. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently. He was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. At last he stood up again and returned to the disciples only to find them asleep 
They were exhausted. Come on, does this sound like your prayer life right now? <laughs> exhausted. I start praying a lot. And then the alarm goes off and it's the morning. All right. Um, why are you sleeping? He asked them, get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. But Jesus, but even as Jesus said this, a crowd approached him, led by Judas, one of his 12 disciples, and um, Judas walked over to Jesus to greet him with a kiss. Little backstory: Judas is about to betray Jesus. So he says to uh, the guards of the temple, you'll know the person to arrest because I'll go and give him the shalom kiss. That's the guy to arrest. All right, let's pass it now to John for the finish. John 18, 4 to 8. Jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him. He was not surprised. So he stepped forward to meet this mob as they came. He said, who are you looking for? He asked. And they said, Jesus the Nazarene. You'll note they did not say, Jesus the Christ come from heaven. No, Jesus from the little town down the road that is despised by everybody, from Nazareth. They're looking for a man. And how does he answer? I'm not Jesus of Nazareth. I'm from heaven. No, he says, that's me. All right. But look at verse 6. As Jesus said, I am he, they all fell backwards. Because even though he's from earth, he's got a touch of heaven on him. Why? Because he prayed. <laughs> it's not rocket science. Spend time in a chocolate shop. Eat chocolate. <laughs> you have chocolate in you. Spend time in prayer, you get heaven in you. Well, golly. Once more he asked, so they all, look, I wish we had a video Bible because now they all fell down. So now they're on the ground. And it says here, so he asked them again. I said, hey, yo, who are you looking for? And they again said, Jesus, the Nazarene. But I wonder if they probably would have said, well, we thought he was anyway, but maybe he's from somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, maybe he is. Just maybe he is. He said, I told you I'm him or he, and since I am the one you're looking for, let these others go. Look, let me just say this. At the beginning, he is disturbed and distressed, and he goes in and asks three people from his connect group to come and help him through this challenge. When he comes out here in John, he says, yo, that's me. Boom! <laughs> hey, you got the man you want? Hey, let him go. You don't want them, you want me. He is totally different. This is what happens when you pray. When you talk to God, when you involve him in your communication of life. Here's the first thing that I wanted to mention that I want to note. By the way, um, Pastor Fernando here, you know this. Preachers don't know the Bible better. I just find they read it slower. Don't be so quick reading the Bible. You know, you, you miss all the flowers. I, I, all I did is read this slowly a few times and, began, and it just began to talk to me. I began to see things about who God is. It's just that simple. Here's the first thing I noticed. When I pray... I surrender my will to God. Look at me. I'm opinionated. I don't live in your country, but i got opinion about President Trump and everyone else. All right, you say, big deal, so do we. Yeah, but I don't live here, but I have too. i got opinions about bagels under the seat of the guy who led the worship. Why do you get to eat a bagel while we have to listen? 
It's fantastic. I reckon we need to have a little drawer up here with a bagel. I've got opinions about science, uh, global warming, you know, um, um, equal opportunity. I've got opinions about it all. And uh, here's the deal. Your opinion's okay. I, I had a lady in my church and this happens. So I'm going to leave my husband. I asked one question. You prayed about that? Look, if you don't pray about it, it's good luck. Jesus had a strong opinion about what should happen here. And his opinion is different to thousands of years of prophetic word about what he should be doing. His destiny is cast. And yet in his moment of challenge, he's saying, I don't want this to happen. Dad, you can do anything. Please stop this. I was given $1,000 as a very young pastor about 30 years ago. And... Um, by the church board, the leadership, at Christmas time. I opened a card and there was a check with my name in it for $1,000. I went, yes! <laughs> and as soon as I got it, a little voice in here that Christians know, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to give it back. <laughs> Get stuffed. <laughs> I'm giving it back. Come on, hey, look, am I, am, I, am I Robinson Crusoe here? <laughs> I'm thinking, whose name's on there, mate? Doesn't say pay Holy Spirit. It says, Stevie, hello. Oh, you who own the cattle on a thousand hills. Why does God always want to take my stuff? Well, it's my opinion. I got home and I talked to my wife who was born in Glasgow. That's something in my favour for being stingy. So I say, hey, look what I got from the board of the church. She went, oh, great. Oh, great. I said, funny thing. I felt God wanted me to give it back. I know she's Scottish. She went, no. And she said the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. She said, well, you should pray about it. Ah, la, 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 la. Am I right? Now, be honest. Everyone else, close your eyes. Put your hand up if you've ever wanted to do something and the last thing you thought you should do would be pray if you should do it. Because you've got an opinion. Look, we're human. We've got opinions and they're strong and they can masquerade as conviction. But just pray about it. Just go and talk to God. Susie told me to pray. Oh, I don't want to do that. And she said, well, you should. Well, here's the deal. I prayed about it. Every time I prayed about it, I felt good about doing it. Whatsoever things you desire while you pray. <laughs> Some people think that means whatsoever things you desire, just go and pray. I want a Corvette. Oh, beauty, I'll just go and pray. No, it doesn't say that. It says whatsoever things you desire while you pray. You know, here, watch this. I want a mistress. Hey, God, I want a mistress. What? Not a good idea? Oh. Ooh, thou shalt not commit adultery. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Prayer changes you. I hope this is not too simple for you. Most of the stupidest things I've ever done in my life I did because I was smart. But not smart enough to pray. Jesus had an opinion.
but he was smart enough to say, listen, but not my will, yours be done. Second thing I notice here is that as soon as, as, soon as he prayed, it's in chapter Luke, uh, chapter Luke, the book of Luke 22. It says, after the line, verse 22, which we do, verse 42, which we don't have, we'll, we'll say this, but not my will, yours be done. Here's the next line. Then an angel appeared. You want to get heaven all over what you're doing? You want God's presence to turn up? Then you just got to surrender it and give it to God. You say, oh, but I think, well, okay. He's like a tag team wrestler. He says, tag me when you're ready. And you're there in a headlock. <laughs> still trying to work it out. And he's going, when you're ready. But no, I'm going to work it out. I've got, I got my own ideas about this. I'm going to tithe when I pay off my house. My accountant said so. Well, good luck. Good luck for you. I got a call from a guy one time when I'd made a commitment to a, we all have them in our church, like our provision for the house type, you know, the, the special giving. You're looking at your watch, Caitlin. I thought you went like that. I've got seven sisters that tyrannised me my whole life. That's why I became a professional speaker, so I could have a turn. <laughs> and still they mock me from the front row. It says six minutes. <laughs> I, I'm only kidding. I'm a kidding. Yeah. I made a commitment. Uh, no, uh, we're a one-wage family. My wife doesn't go out to work. It was just, it's just what we, how we wanted to do it. And um, I've got nothing in the house where the girls work and I've got three daughters all with professions. Um, all cool. But we did. But so that's the context. I've never ever yet earned as my salary $100,000 a year all right, as, my, as my workplace salary. All right. And so that's the context. I just felt Susie and I decided to pledge $40,000 that's not our tithes, that's above for our provision for the house. All right? Ask yourself a question. Do you need heaven to help? So I decided to pray. A lot. <laughs> it was due by June 30. We had one year to raise it. It's about $800 a week. Over and above everything else. Electricity, school fees, everything. I tell you, God... I invite you into the conversation. I don't even want to exaggerate. I'm aware you're listening. About a month before it was due, I had this phone call. Steve, Mike here. G'day, Mike. How you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Hey, Steve, I was praying this morning and I uh, just couldn't get your face out of a prayer closet. Oh, cool. I said, no, nah, not cool. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I said, uh, and then he, this is all he said, are you committed to your church like provision for the house offering? I said, you know me, mate. Of course I am. He said, how much? I said, you're a nosy parker, aren't you? <laughs> He said, maybe, um, but how much? I said, 40K. He said, wow, 40K. He said, how are you doing with that? I said, yeah, good, we're, we're doing it. Yeah. How much you paid? I said, we paid 10. He said, uh, how long you been doing it? I said, 11 months. He said, how long you got to go? I said, one month. <laughs> You're still listening. You're still listening, aren't you? Because I don't want to exaggerate. See, when heaven, gets in, when heaven gets involved, you can't exaggerate it. It's so fantastic. 
He said, now I know why I can't get you out of my prayer closet. That's a Christian term, by the way. We don't really pray in closets. It's just a metaphor for being on your own. Um, take that out of the notes. Stupid thing to say. Right. Um, I said, what do you mean? He said, well, how much did you say it was? I said, well, the way this conversation's going, I think it was 70 grand. <laughs> I'm ugly, but I'm not stupid. He said, yeah, good one. How much? I said, well, I'm still 030K. He said, you'll have it now. One hour. And look, he didn't even, um, Magno. <laughs> he didn't even, you know, he didn't even come and knock on my door and present it. Have we got a camera? He just left it on the reception desk at the church office and said, this is for the pastor. And I'm thinking, God. But can you appreciate there had to be a time sometime when I had to surrender? My opinions with four kids. God, I ain't got that sort of money. Who do you think I am? Lloyd's Bank. Next thing I see. Can I just say this and we'll finish? Here's my last point for today. I've got lots of things. This sort of, I just read slow and find things. I, I think people, Fernando, I think people read too much of the Bible but know too little. Do you know John 8, 32 says know the truth? It doesn't say read the truth. I think you read too much, you know too little. So this is just the last thing I want to say. It'll take two minutes. Listen to me. When you pray, you go to the victory side of your challenge. In every challenge, there's the side where you are like, oh, God. And then there's the side you could only hope in a million dreams you could be if it works out okay. Prayer takes you there. Prayer takes you from your present into your future. Now what's your present? It's your past. She, I don't know if you remember, it said this. It says in, in Matthew 26, 42, it says, and at last he stood up. That didn't just mean physically stood up. It means he went from, hey guys, can you come help me? I need someone just to be with me while I pray. He went from that guy to the, hey yo, you're looking at me. Oh, sorry. You're looking for me. Yeah, well, you got me. Let him go. Get your hands off him, you dipstick. You don't want him. You want me. You want me, don't you? Well, let them go. What happened? He Prayer took him to the victory side of that. And so when I pray, now I, I start praying in my bedroom and I finish in my bedroom. Remember when the Apostle Paul, some of you remember where he said, I was in the body or out of the body. I can't even remember. See, because he was praying and it's almost like his spirit took him to where he saw the end from the beginning. This is what prayer will do for you. You've got a challenge in your marriage. Get to prayer. Your boss is an a-hole. Get to prayer. I, I was saying it too quick. Get to prayer. And it can take you. I raised a guy from the dead in church once. How you die while I'm preaching. I got a good mind to leave you dead. But his wife didn't think he should stay dead, so I rate, I'm looking over here because that's where he was sitting. But I looked at him and I'm thinking, oh, what do you think I felt? Praise God, an opportunity for faith. No, I looked at him and thought, oh, flip. What the heck am I up here for? I had about one second. So I just went, Jesus. And I just felt God somehow showed me this could be different. So I leapt off the pulpit. I slapped him on the chest. He was dead, didn't hurt him. I said, Jesus, look at me. This is what he did. As soon as I did it, he went like this. 
Yeah, nothing. I'm thinking, nothing. I just thought, I'm going to give this one more try. So I hit him a second time. I said, I said, Jesus. And he looked, he went like this. That time he went like this. Where am I? I said, look here, you're not in heaven. When he walked out of church that day, his wife said, I'm glad we came to church today. Listen, church is a great place to have a bad day. Your prayer closet, to use that metaphor again, the place where you go on your own is a great place to have a bad Jesus is having a bad day. He's 24 hours from being flayed and nailed to a bit of wood. So he takes that bad experience to somewhere where he knows it can change. And he gives it, to, gives it to his father. Come on, you're the son and the daughter of a majestic father. I'd be very, very hurt if I didn't get a phone call. My grandson was in hospital while I'd been here. My phone rang within about a minute of him getting there because I'm that daughter's father. God's waiting for you to call him. We call it prayer. But it doesn't have to be formal. Just take five minutes a day. Start talking to God and watch heaven get involved. Watch your view of things look a little bit more positive in Jesus' name. Bow your head. Bow your head. Let's pray. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You may be seated. Sit down for a second. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Just sit down for a second. And um, and I feel very honoured and I'm not trying to, but just bow your head. I want to talk to you. If you don't have a connection with Jesus, please, don't wait till you know it all. Just get connected. So if you've never been connected to God in true relationship, or you have, but it's been broken, you've slipped away, or you say, look, Steve, I don't actually know, but I'd love you to pray for me. I'd love for God to reveal himself to me. Could I pray for you while others have their heads bowed? If you, if you've never connected, or you have but you've slipped away, need to be reconnected to God, or you say, Steve, I don't know, but please pray for me. If you would raise your hand in 20 seconds from now, and I see it, I'll say, put it down. You stay there and I'll stay here and I'll pray for you. Come on, look at me now. Just raise your hand if that's you and I'll pray. God bless you. Look at me when you do it so I can I can acknowledge you. I can acknowledge you. I can see you all. I'd, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to come and pray for every single one of you personally. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Good head nod. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. God bless you. Yeah, well done. Well done. I like you to keep it up till you're acknowledged because sometimes we nod or, but you just feel like, hey, I've been seen. Well, you've never, ever not been seen to God, but now you know it. Now, like grade three, I'm going to do the praying for you today. But it's going to be a simple prayer. And I want you to have the courage to know you can talk to God as simply, as honestly as I do right now. Father, I want to talk to you about my friends who raised their hand to you. Lord, I believe as they put their hand up, they're just saying, God, enough of me, enough of my way. I just, I want to surrender to your plan. You're going to need to forgive me for some stuff, God. And and I just feel confident that you will. God, there's a bit of shame there too. So could you, could you take that away? And 
And his quick answer is, I already did. Jesus died on the cross to remove your shame. And so, Father, I pray that as these people keep an honest heart and look to you, that they from this moment would get strong and get stronger as the days go by. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much. If you want to hear more empowering messages and learn more about Church Alive, make sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at churchalive.tv. We hope to see you this weekend. Have a great week.